Hey friends in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, want to join some Astrologize at Fun in person? Join us on the first Sunday of each month at the I for Chart Chats, a monthly gathering where we teach a concept about astrology and then see how it plays out in our individual charts. For our March gathering, we're deep diving into the planet Neptune, so get ready for that. We're also offering a three-week course on using astrology to explore the big life questions. Beginning Sunday, March 12th at Magus Books, we'll be teaching something greater, learn astrology through the hero's journey. We'll cover the tools in your backpack, the inner planets, your challenges and your oracles, the outer planets, your arenas, those will be the houses, and how you can put them all together. This class will be interactive and super fun. All levels of astrology knowledge are welcome. For more details, go to our website at astrologizeit.com. See you soon. Hello, Starlight. Welcome to Astrologize It. This is a podcast for anyone who wants a practical explanation of astrology with easy application to everyday stuff. We're your guides and co-hosts on this stellar journey. I'm Steve. And I'm Julia. Grab your mug, your snack, and your blankie. Unless you're driving. And uh, come drift away with us as we talk with our special Pisces guest, Christina Redondo. Hi, everyone. Hello, Christina. All right. Right off the bat, can we can we get your big three in astrology? Oh, yeah. Yes. So I am a Pisces sun, Pisces moon, Gemini rising. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've got my Venus in Pisces and my North Node is in Pisces, too. Yes. Just got a smattering of Pisces. Yes, yeah, he's all over the place. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I, hope, I hope everyone understands why we chose you. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it shows up in my personality. It really does. Yeah. So yes. um, how, how do you find yourself relating to Pisces energy? I used to not be able to relate to it because all I knew about Pisces was that we cried a lot. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't relate to that for the longest time. Well, that's okay. That's not true. I used to cry a lot, but not for me. Mm. I would cry at weird stuff as a child. Um, I would cry at any movie. Didn't matter what movie it was. I would cry. I would cry if, like, they didn't have the right color yarn at Michael's when I wanted to do a project. You know, just little little things like that would make me be unconsolable. Um, and now, as an adult, as far as crying goes, I struggle to cry for myself. Mm-hmm. But I will cry when someone else shares a story about their life. Mm-hmm. Or I'll cry when children sing. <laughs> Kids' choirs? I don't know. <laughs> I cannot hold it together. <laughs> Yeah, just weird, random things will bring me to tears. But when it comes to my own story and crying for myself, I have to write it down and Mm. see myself outside of myself in order to cry for me. Um, Or I have to artificially induce tears, which I've got a toolkit for that. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, one of my favorites is a video of a baby octopus at the bottom of the ocean who's like protecting himself in a little plastic cup and <laughs> it's just the music and there's like subtitles and it's it's like a fabulous video but it 
30 seconds in, I'm a puddle. <laughs> so anytime I need to feel the feels and I just can't seem to feel them, yeah, I reach for my toilet. Is that, is that like any, any feel in the form of, like, I don't know what I'm feeling, so you go to that video just to feel... To feel something? Something. It'll yeah. be like if I'm, I'm very in my head, maybe that's the Gemini, very in my head about emotions. So I'll, yeah, spend a long time journaling and intellectualizing, but I have to go into my body. I know that now. We all know mm -hmm. that now. You got to mm -hmm. take it to the body. And for me, it's, yeah, crying is just something that will not come naturally unless I'm listening to a song or watching a baby octopus struggle yeah. at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting because you have um, your sun and Pisces are, your sun and moon are both in Pisces, mm -hmm. um, which means when you were born, you were born on a new moon um, because they're in the same sign. So that means that like um, they're at the same point in your chart. Amazing. Um, one of the things that I have noticed with people that have sun and moon in this same sign in that like new moon configuration, um, their emotions can be harder to tap into for them because their sun represents like the higher self. It represents a lot of um, very like higher consciousness type things. And then moon is just the like pure emotional reactivity. So that like brain over it, overthinking, over-identifying part of us, ego part of us, can overshadow our emotions. Mm. Um, yeah, yes. that checks out. <laughs> One of the beautiful parts about it, though, is that um, for many, many people who have their suns and moons in different signs, um, they will talk about how, like, I want to do this thing, and what I feel is this other thing. And then people with it in the same sign are like, well, what I feel like doing and what I want to do and what I end up doing, kind of the same thing. Wow. Um, there isn't a conflict between my emotions and my willpower. Hmm. Um, yeah, we've, yeah. Had a, we've had a friend describe it as um, like not being able to understand other people having a different inner experience than what they project mm -hmm. sort of a thing. So I, I, and I, I understand that because my, my sun and moon are squared. So like what my like shiny self wants and what my emotionally like little kiddo wants is ugh, feel like they are at conflict with each other at all times. Yeah. That's what squared mm -hmm. means. Yeah. 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 Just kind of like the, it'll be, it's a fixed energy on, in both signs. So Leo and Scorpio. Mm -hmm. So that's just like, I have my way to do it. And they're going literally not just opposite directions, but like total cardinal directions different. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're, you're going north when I want to go west mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Whoa. Yeah. And you're saying for someone like me, that struggle, like my internal world and my external, the way I show up. They tend to be in alignment, cool. which can lead to this very authentic side of you where you're just like, but I, but I feel like being this way. Okay. I'm just going to show how I feel. There's very much like a hard on your sleeve kind of an energy because you're like well I feel this way and and it is right for me to be showing you mm -hmm. how I feel yeah yeah mm -hmm. I would say that feels true yeah absolutely yeah. it's beautiful it's beautiful well how about we how about we get to know you a little more 
sure. for our guests. Would you mind kind of uh, telling us your uh, little brief history of how how you got from wee little Christina to <laughs> the beautiful person that you are today? Wow. Can I summarize that story? Yes, I can. Um, wee little Christina was someone who spent a lot of time alone and wondered why she didn't fit in. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time people-pleasing, thinking that if I just acted like them, then, then they'll accept me and they'll like me. So I became a master people pleaser, which also led me to become a master dissociator. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was just very much in my own fantasy world. And even though I was in a, a world of pain and rejection and all the things, like I, I didn't really know it, you know? I was just a happy, a happy kid until, until... I would say when I was 22, I mean, things, things started to get bad before then, but when I was 22, I wound up in a, another abusive relationship and I looked around at my life and I was like, why am I still in situations like this? Like, why, why am I here again? And why am I not able to leave? It was the first time I had that hit of awareness and was like, what's wrong with me? You know, why am I the common denominator here? I need to do something about it. And I started really, yeah, doing the work, the, the term we all love to use, yeah. doing the work, um, diving into my emotions and my childhood and my past and all the things. And through learning about myself, I was able to make behavior change and make better decisions. And I think, yeah, I used to say that I have worked hard to become this person. But I think the older I get, the more I'm realizing I'm just returning to who I've always been, you know? Mm. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yay. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Now with uh, you, you mentioned the work. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a business called Redo the Work. Yeah. Uh, could you, could you uh, tell us a little bit about your business? Yes. Well, the easiest explanation is that Redo the Work is a play on my last name, Redondo. <laughs> <laughs> so that was easy. But I like to define the work today. I'll define it this way today because I feel like every time I wrestle with this question, it's a different answer, you know. Today my answer is the work is what it, in, what it requires to have a relationship with yourself because that's really easily neglected, you know, because we're inside this, this body. We're in our own bodies. We can't really interact with ourselves the way we interact with other people. And so we have to get really creative to work on our relationships with ourselves, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, we understand that with other people, that relationships require work. And you know that if you only thought about each other when you're in the car on the way to work, you know, that's what people say all the time when they're like, yeah, I thought about it. Or, you know, I, I, yes, I considered my emotions. And like, when did you do that? In the car on the way to work. Or like, yeah, in the in-between moments, I thought about it. But that wouldn't be enough to sustain a relationship. Right. Yes. Right. You have to spend time with each other. You have to have fun with each other. You have to get to know each other, ask each other questions, like dive in, you know. So that's, that's my answer today. Like that's where the work is in yourself. Like I got to block it off in my calendar, spend quality time with me, 
have fun with me, ask myself the questions, create the art so I can see myself outside myself and have something to interact with, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we only we only interact with ourselves when we're like brushing our teeth. And usually that's like, fuck, I'm late. Or like, shit, I didn't get enough <laughs> sleep. Or like, God damn it, I need my coffee. Or like, those aren't the most lovey times when you're <laughs> really like interacting with your interface, you know? So we really have to schedule the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. where the work is for me. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love what you're talking about so much because Pisces is the understanding of like, we're all one. We're every, everything is one. Everything is connected. And this is why people with Pisces placements can be prone to codependency because mm -hmm. it's like oh I've lost track of me and if I take care of you and if I lose myself in you other somehow I'll be carried along in the process and mm -hmm. um but I think what you're talking about really like brings back to the like no focusing on the self there's a faith that if I focus on me I have faith that that will bleed over into everything else. And instead of trying to take care of all of the little homeless puppies and Sarah <laughs> mclaughlin it <laughs> all over the place, <laughs> we're going to focus on my puppy, which is yes. me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the knuckle tats. Self-love. Self-love, yes. Yes, and this was before self-love was a hashtag mm -hmm. that I decided to, like, declare for myself that I'm the most important person in my own life, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think because we can, when, when in astrology, like when we talk about the self and the focus on self and ego, that very much goes to Aries is what we think of. But mm -hmm. we forget that Pisces leads to Aries in, mm -hmm. in the, so like it's the, there's definitely, I think, a process of the, like, letting go of the old ways of being a self in order to love a new version of yourself that just keeps happening over and over again, which is where I love the, like, redo the work. It's not a one-time thing. Yes. It's a wake up every morning and get ready to let go of something else. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> I like the redo, especially in juxtaposition with recreation. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you, you, you said the the creation part is is kind of key mm -hmm. to to the work that that not only you do yourself with yourself, but then also applying it to the work that you want to bring to people, yes. kind of a thing. And I, I think there's definitely something in there with the like spark of life, the vitality. So that's why you follow your sun sign kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So let's connect the sun and, and all of the other planets yeah. that, that you have in Pisces. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about like on a practical level, what does redo the work offer to like somebody oh. who like gets a hold of you and is like, I'm interested in this. What does Christina offer to help people redo the work? Thank you for that. Um, yeah, well, basically I just host really cool events. That's what I do. But it's so much more than that. I call myself a connection facilitator. And that's because 
the deeper magic happening at all my events is that we're connecting in some way with each other. Mm -hmm. Like it really bothers me that so many social gatherings are designed so that we're standing in rows and we're all facing one direction. Like at a movie theater or a sporting mm -hmm. event or a concert or even like a dance class or a fitness class. Like we're all facing one direction and there's the, the entertainment or the instructor up at the front. Mm -hmm. And we're like having this massive experience within community but we never turn to the right or turn to the left to talk to each other about it. Mm. You know, that, mm -hmm. that hurts my heart <laughs> a lot, <laughs> you know? So my events, um, yeah, that's the magic that's happening there is we, we do the thing and we discuss. We do the thing and then we check in. We do the thing and then we dance it into our bodies. It's all about getting to make eye contact with the other people in the room and make a new friend or learn someone's story and become inspired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Steve had birthday. Yeah. I did. Once upon a time. <laughs> um, and not Just recently. Um, don't be confused. And Christina hosted Steve's birthday party. And oh, so nice. we were dancing in a mirror and we were like as a group doing well, let's let's give them a little better setup yes on of like do. what i asked for <laughs> <laughs> um so with with my own kind of personal journey i um you know exploring uh sexuality body any like image and like who am i presenting to the world kind of a thing mm -hmm. started out with bathroom dance parties in the mirror yes. so it was like turn on the music close the bathroom door and just dance in the mirror, make all of the weird shapes, uh, sounds, whatever, just like, oh, I, I didn't know I could do that or mm -hmm. anything like that. So that was the the kind of brief that I had tossed at, at Christina. Um, and so she brought all of these wonderful um, kind of the, the whole self-love um, experience, but also pinpointed um, with specific exercises and things like that, um, but also allowed us to be childlike. Yeah. And like that's what it was. It was connecting with. It was. It was connecting with that that little bit of innocence that I didn't want to turn towards. Mm -hmm. Kind of a thing. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. It was mm -hmm. 80s themed. It was a vibe, y'all. <laughs> well, and I have a really interesting relationship with dance in particular. And mm -hmm. you do a lot of like, you have a dance background and you do helping people like work through body image through moving the body. And, yeah. um, and actually one of the things that I love that is a big, like, with TikTok for as much as people love to hate on social media, like, mm -hmm. I think there's something so beautiful about, like, people dancing, whether it looks beautiful or not. It's dance for joy and fun yes. and yes. sharing that is just so gorgeous. Um, I have always loved dance. Um, to me, it has been a place where I get into that Pisces land. Like, when I am dancing, like, I almost get, like, an out-of-body experience with it where I, I just love it so much. And I have done folk dance and all different kinds of, of dancing. Um, for me, I grew up in a place where dancing was forbidden. No, no dancing. Oh, no. Um, I did a nightmare. I did ballet as a kid, but a uh, little, little kid, but, like, any kind of, like, 
touching dancing was sinful. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I went to college, there was just this like explosion of like, I'm going to explore dance. And it was just this out of body experience. Um, But while I was doing it, I was skinny, 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 pretty 22 year old. And then as I got older and my body shifted, it was more of a like, oh, I'm not coordinated and I'm big and I'm out of breath. Mm -hmm. And so working with you, there was this like reminder of like, oh no, this is ecstatic. Yes. Um, And that Pisces ecstatic feeling of raising energy and like doing it with other people where you're just all collectively raising energy Mm -hmm. and not worrying so much about how you look, but what are you contributing to the energy in the room is just, yes. (gasps) Okay. So I I just want to like, my brain just exploded with this image as you were talking of, um, we talked about Aquarius and Uranus being the, the, uh, lightning bolt, that Mm -hmm. like zap of electricity. And then there's Pisces right after like, so picture a lightning bolt hitting the ocean. And Pisces is the... Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Literal goosebumps. Yeah, I love your yeah. images. I've <laughs> <laughs> realized that my internal world is very colorful, and yeah. I'm like, well, hey, let's bring it out. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the I think of astrology in, like, landscapes mm-hmm. sometimes. So that... Thanks for letting me share that moment. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And and Pisces does rule the arts. So it rules um, dance and music and painting and all of the things, but but not in a, like, way to make it pretty. That's Venus. Venus wants things to be pretty and pleasant and acceptable. And Neptune is the, like transcendental art mm-hmm. and so I so see your Pisces in like the work that you do with creativity where it's like this is not to be pretty and pleasant yeah this is to be transcendental yes and, and do it with other people yes <laughs> oh I love that so much around the bonfire man yeah yeah yes one of one of the events that I host is story nights and I have it in my home uh, and it's basically an open mic for storytelling and I tell people any any sort of story goes. It doesn't matter if you wrote it, if it's from your favorite author, if it's a letter from your grandma, an unsent text message, I don't care. Tell us. Give us your words. And the best stories that lead to the best discussions are usually when people get up in the chair and they're a little bit nervous and they're like, ah, oh, this is unedited. I wrote it this morning. And there's like all this explanation because you're feeling vulnerable about your words not being perfect. But those are the ones that really just land the deepest Mm. and lead to the most transcendental discussions afterwards. It's Mm -hmm. so juicy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Pisces knows how to set up that space. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you love a water sign and need help navigating the emotional roller coaster that is life together? You don't have to do it alone. Pisces Existential Crisis Translator is the tool you've been missing. Oh, sweetie, what's wrong? Nothing. Let me turn on my translator, honey. Let's try this again. What's wrong? I told you, nothing's wrong. Everything is wrong. Seriously, everything's fine. I am upset in a minimum of 6.5 ways. Well, if you want to talk about anything, I'm here for you. I do not understand my life purpose. And the oceans are rising. 
And there are cute puppies without homes. Well, okay, uh, what can I do to help? Nothing, unless you can alter time and history. Also, I am dehydrated and could use a glass of water. I'm on it. Here, sweetie, feeling better? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling better. Existential crisis averted. Next sequence to commence in 3.25 hours. Whew! Thanks, Existential Crisis Translator. So, Christina, on social media, you recently did a video about sharing your meditative experiences with your higher self. And it was so inspiring because your higher self like came out with a name um, mm-hmm. that was not your name. Um, <laughs> and yes, the, the whole video was very, I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is what a Pisces sun higher self would do. So can you talk <laughs> a little bit more about, um, yes, your announcement on social media about introducing the world to your higher self? Absolutely. I love that you loved it. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes I throw shit on the internet and I'm like, this is for me. This is for no one else. And then when I hear feedback like that, I'm like, okay, yes, this is why I do what I do. That's yeah. usually when you get the most feedback yep. like that. Totally. From what I've like just observed with many, many, many folks. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially creatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when there's no attachment to, to the likes or the outcome, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So thanks for that. But yes, I have been meditating with my higher self for years that's just what I find most helpful with my meditation practice and staying grounded in my vision Mm -hmm. is connecting with my higher self and she's the reason why I dress the way I do she's the reason why I structure my days the way I do um because she's a badass man she's this old lady that appears in my in my imagination and she tells me what to do and she's sassy and yeah, one day I asked her what she wanted to be called, and she said, Hi, C, because I'm high on life. Mm-hmm. And I've been ignoring that for like three years mm-hmm. because I'm not someone who would call myself high on life. Um, my addiction of choice for a while there was alcohol, mm-hmm. and I didn't start drinking until I was 21. So it's not like something that I picked up really early on. Because I was dancing all through school, Mm -hmm. so I didn't really have time, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then college came, and it just, everyone around me was sloppy, and I just wasn't interested in being that person. Then, of course, 21st birthday, and it was a slippery slope from there. And I, as I mentioned before, got into an abusive relationship uh, from ages 22 to 27, and he didn't let me drink or smoke, so I was forced to be sober, I guess, for Mm. like five crucial years of a young woman's life. Mm. So at 27, after escaping that situation, it was like super rebellious of me to drink and smoke and party and do it at odd times of the day and just overindulge. And that became, it got out of control pretty quickly. (laughs) I also wasn't really living in alignment with my highest values at the time. So I would drink and drive, like drink while driving um, on the way to work so that by the time I got there, I could get through the shift and 
it'd be more fun. It'd be more fun. That's the reason why mm. I would drink is so that things could be more fun mm -hmm. because without it, things were dull and boring. Uh, and I was, yeah, uninteresting. And I wasn't, I myself wasn't fun and interesting. So I don't know. 2020, y'all. We all had a shit show. 2020. Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were a lot of just things happening in my personal life, too, that were just adding to the shit show of it all. And my drinking got out of control. And I gave myself three strikes. I don't know when I decided to start counting strikes, mm. but I gave myself three strikes. And the third strike for me was when... I used to, like I said, I used to get drunk before work. So that meant if my shift started at 9 a.m., I would start drinking at 7 a.m. And one morning I slept through my alarm and was running late. And so I poured a bunch of White Claws into my water bottle with one of those like flippy straws. And I got on the bus and I flipped open the straw and I guess the pressure didn't like that very much. And it's, it splashed all over the roof of the bus and all over the woman and her young child behind me at like 8.30 a.m. on a Tuesday. And I was sticky and they were sticky and it was dripping from the roof of the bus. And I was just like, who am I? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Whoa. And thankfully I found a really great online program that instead of addressing the behavior, which I think a lot of AA programs do, um, which works for some, mm -hmm. but that sort of approach, I don't think felt good in my heart, just calling myself an alcoholic and telling myself that I'm powerless to this substance didn't feel like a good approach to me. Um, the program I ended up finding focused on the behaviors or the, the beliefs versus the behaviors. Mm -hmm. Like what beliefs are causing you to behave this way? Mm -hmm. And recognize that you are powerful and you're not an alcoholic. Like this is an addictive substance that you became addicted to, end of story. Like let's address that. And combing through all the subconscious beliefs that I had about myself, I learned that I thought I needed alcohol to, to be my best self. I thought I could only be sexy and fun and lovable and interesting if I had alcohol in my system. And once I started to question that, like, can I just have fun without it? Just maybe. And the first time was hard and the second time was harder and it just started to get easier and easier. And now I'm just my fucking self all the time. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's the story behind that. But I have found myself grabbing on to other addictions. Um, I quickly replaced that with energy drinks and caffeine. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had a coffee, y'all, in like three weeks. Y'all see me showing up to chart chats with my coffee at 2 p.m., at 1 p.m. Like, why are you having a coffee at this hour of the day? But, you know, that's, that's just been my journey. If it's not one thing, it's another. And I just was able to pinpoint the belief behind that addiction, mm -hmm. which is the production, perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Like, I need this to produce. Mm -hmm. I need this to be clear-minded and focused. I can't be clear-minded and focused without it. Or, I don't know, sometimes it's like a safety blanket. You know, you show up at chart chats and it's like, here's, I'm here with my coffee. I don't know. It's just part of my, mm -hmm. 
part of me. The aesthetic. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's just something, I don't know. Yeah. It felt like I, I needed it. Mm-hmm. So it's been feeling good, at least for the past three weeks, to, <laughs> ah, yes. to put that down yes. and move away from that. And yes. so, yeah, stepping into this alter ego, High C, who is high on life, has helped me just stay grounded in my values mm-hmm. and know that I can... I can find it within myself. I don't need to find it in a cup of coffee, mm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or whatever. Weed. Yeah. <laughs> I was a pothead for a long time, too. So we're just mm-hmm. knocking these addictions out one by one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that the word belief is like a, such a Pisces keyword. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's the idea there's trust in belief. Like, there's, totally. there's an ability to let go of things because you believe something is true. Now, you can let go of good things just as much as you can let go of bad things. Like, the, yes, the, the Pisces letting go, when we hear, like, let it go... Um, Come on, Elsa. Yeah. Like, we, we, we think that, like, letting go is always going to be a positive thing. But sometimes we let go of things that we shouldn't let go of. Um, and Pisces is cool with... It's neutral. It, it just wants to let go. Mm, an escape <laughs> um, artist? Yes. Yeah. Very much. The, the definite escape artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of the, like, let... It, it will let the good things go, too. Um, and I think that's why... You use the word, like, dissociation, letting go of, like, core self. And th- these are all very Pisces things, too. And so addiction definitely, like, plays into Pisces energy because it's this letting letting go of, of core self. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. I also thought it was super interesting listening to you talk about caffeine. Yeah. Um, because... Opposite of Pisces is Virgo. Mm-hmm. So want, you want productive and like, mm. yeah. Wow. So you, you just went right across the chart to the other side to be mm-hmm. like, I got to lean into this. But the, the downfall to Virgo is perfectionism. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're finding like, that's the, the beautiful like pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. Um, and since you, you experience a lot of this Pisces natural energy, um, I, I find it so beautiful that you want to just naturally swing to the opposite end of the uh, pendulum. Mm-hmm. And then be like, oh, that was too much. Okay, got to come back. And then <laughs> swing back out. Yeah. Back. yeah. Well, I think the pendulum has swung back into the Pisces realm because what I've been doing instead of grabbing a cup of coffee before I sit down and work is meditate or like light, my, light a candle at my altar and sit down and do a tarot pull for myself. And that's mm-hmm. become my new... I won't say addiction because it's too soon to call it, but my new ritual that replaces... I think that's a way better word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my new Mm -hmm. ritual in place of walking to the coffee shop and maybe procrastinating before I sit down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and that goes into your node because you mentioned that your north node is in Pisces. Now, this is is tricky because I've seen this um, in a few people where, like, they have a north node, which is the north node is the point in our chart we're like using as our north star to orient ourselves towards. 
um, those folks often have stories that have addiction in it. Hmm. Um, so there's this fear of following Pisces energy because they know it's it can be a dangerous landscape. Um, yes. So I love that your higher self like knows this and is like, no, we're going to be high on this. Mm-hmm. We need to be high on this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And with with my North Node in Pisces, I connect with with your um, experience of like I can't I can't do an AA program and and subject myself to being less than like a substance. Mm-hmm. Like the substance doesn't have more power over me, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's like n- no. I'm just not dealing with something within myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and I yeah. think that's way, way harder to admit. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. that's, that's the crucial thing that, that you have to admit in order to start healing that part is actually, oh, I'm just choosing not to like yeah. be a stronger person in that way. Um, yeah, no, it, the it's, it's, work. it is, it is definite shadow. It is definite like weird struggle zone mm-hmm. where it's like, um, I, I could never allow myself to think that no, this thing is, is, has bested me totally. in some way. Totally. It's like, no, I've just, I just never showed up to the fight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I pretended. Mm-hmm. No, I never showed up. Mm-hmm. Let me show up. Yeah. Let me try showing up for myself. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can, just prioritize my own higher well-being over this like short-term pleasure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know yeah and i yes the <laughs> the concept of addiction whack-a-mole that you were talking about uh-huh. of like <laughs> you can deal with one if you're dealing with just a substance and you're dealing with getting rid of that substance um the shame the work is still gonna just uh, pop up in a new way mm-hmm. um I don't have a history of substance abuse, but I, for myself, really feel like I have a tendency towards jumping from addiction to addiction to addiction mm. um, in other less uh, socially identified addictions, per se, like having like flirted with eating disorder and trying to control food situations to like working with a therapist and the therapist being like yeah you're addicted to feeling bad yeah that's a thing (laughs) this is a big addiction that you have Mm -hmm. um and you feel like you're doing the work by feeling bad all the time and you've convinced yourself that you're a strong uh mature person but really all this is in this an addiction can you like be okay and be happy? Uh-huh. Uh, nope, can't do that. You can oh, be so addicted, addicted to feelings. You can y'all. be addicted to the work. You yeah. can be addicted to the work. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Whoa. Yeah. Just like sit on that for a sec. Uh huh. <laughs> Anything can be an addiction. I actually- uh, stop reading me personally because, like, all of the self-help books, all of the astrology books are all leading up to, like, how can I be a better person? Just be you. Yes, be yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for me, it's yeah. the, like, walking into the bookstore and being like, oh, gosh, I need a no- new book that I for sure won't 
read, but just <laughs> having it will make me feel like I'm improving myself and I'm being awesome. I'm just going to buy this book and never read it, but it's going to be like, that is not healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I will admit to being the person who listens to podcasts and wants to buy every single book and know that I'm not going to read it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but just because this person I listened to mm-hmm. talked about it, well, it's going to make me better if it's on my shelf. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I'm, I mean, I'm not actually applying anything yeah. or learning by osmosis. Right. Or or noticing that I would get hangovers from listening to too many self-help podcasts in oh, a row. I can relate to that. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I don't feel better about myself. I actually feel like I have so much work to do and I'm not good enough. Like, oh, this is a hangover. So oh, wow. What do you do in that? <laughs> what do you, Christina, do in that case if you find yourself on, like, a self-help binge? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Wow. Yeah, I I was on a self-help binge for years, actually. Years and years. And I was growing through it. You know, you can't help but grow through the stuff. Information is good. Mm -hmm. Self-discovery is good. But I took a year off, like, intentionally. Kind of the same way someone would be like, I'm going sober from, you know, a substance of choice. I was like, I'm not going to read any books. The year of 2022, last year for me, was just like, I'm putting down all the books. I just want to build my spiritual practice and get to know myself better. I danced more. That was high C. She always knows, man. She told me every time I would meditate, she'd be like, dance more, love more. Hmm. Simple. Dance more, love more. Put down the books. Stop scrolling through Instagram. Stop watching the YouTube videos. Stop reading. Like it's It's all within you. Just dance, dance more, love more, share your stories. And through doing that actually is how I've, you know, come across the work that I'm doing today. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't have to get the answer outside myself. But now I'm back on the, okay, time to read again. Nice. Yes, <laughs> yes, you know? yeah. But I think the difference is then it's taking the information and filtering it through your own internal check system to be like, is this for me? Totally. Is this right for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you don't know what that check system looks like until you give yourself a chance to formulate it yourself. And build that relationship that mm-hmm. you were talking about. Yes. And spend the time to actually build a relationship with who you are. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so on that note, two questions that I ask myself multiple times a day when I'm intaking information is, does this feel good to me? And is it helpful? Because if both of those answers aren't yes, then I put it down right away. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I don't know, come across an Instagram quote, post, whatever, and you read it. It's like, does this feel good? No. Keep scrolling. Whatever. <laughs> does it feel good? Yes. But is it helpful? Sometimes. Oh, my gosh. That is something I think of a lot. Really? <laughs> Where it's like, oh, oh, man, I just had this really profound thought. I should write it down. And then I scroll through Instagram or something like that. I'm like, that was a beautiful, profound thought. That did not help me. Right. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. was it was it actually helpful? Is mm-hmm. is what I've started asking myself. And I'm like, oh, I think this was this is one of those selfish posts. That's okay. Yeah. It can be a selfish post, but like, hmm. Yeah. That's that's also where it it feels mucky. Kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, Christina, if people want to 
find out more about you or what you're doing or what exciting things you have cooking in the hopper? Where can they go to learn all of this? I love hanging out on Instagram. So my handle is redo.thework. So R-E-D-O dot the work. And everything is on my website, redothework.com. I've got a lot of cool stuff happening right now. Yes, yes. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I once a month host my story night, which I mentioned, um, which is held in my home, open mic for storytelling. Very transformative. It's incredible. And I also host a glowy essence dance play shop once a month in person here in Minneapolis. And I'm about to take those online. Both of those projects are about to start, um, are about to go virtual. So you can find me on Zoom if you're not in the area. And I also just launched a really special project called Story Jams that I'm freaking pumped about. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's combining both of those things that I love so much together, dance and storytelling. And it's basically just an eight-week intensive. Just an eight-week intensive. (laughs) 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 It's going to be intense. (laughs) It will be intense. An eight-week group intensive where we go from point A, which is you saying to yourself, like, man, I got a lot of really great stories about myself and my life. And the end point is you performing live on stage in front of a select audience and sharing what you've been through from a place of triumph and celebration. So this is not like like therapy of any sort, but it is kind of like the last step. If there were a last step to healing, which I'm not certain if there is, I think we're always healing. But if there were a hypothetical last step to healing, I think this would be it. It's just like, here's my story. Witness me. Mm -hmm. Witness me and my story. And you are also just somatically rewriting that story that lives in your body. Mm -hmm. Because we all know that. That's common knowledge in 2023, right? That trauma lives in our body. We got to change the story. We have the ability to rewrite that story. So applications are open. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story and your beautiful, shiny vulnerability. And yes, yeah. yeah. Well, if you wanted to uh, reach Christina, like she said, she's on all of the interwebs, Instagram and her website. Um, you can follow us at Astrologize It or visit the web on astrologizeit.com. And we will see you next time. Stay shiny. Yeah, she's been showing up in my meditations for years, and she was finally just like, girl, get it together.